It's that time, Justin. What am I sipping on here? Eggnog. Oh, it's eggnog. <laughs> now, full disclosure, this is not homemade eggnog. Um, I bought it at the grocery store, but I will mm. be making homemade eggnog. Um, it's like on like, I don't know, Wednesday it was 75 and then Thursday it was 30. And then now we're just here. We're, I, and I'm here for it personally. I'm a fan of the colder weather um, because it means that eggnog's here. And um, I forget your stance every year. Are you a pro eggnog? Oh, I, I will drink it. Um, it depends on the type. When I was younger, I really was not into it. But like mm. now it's like, oh, you got to get that little holiday, holiday cheer. Yeah, yeah. A- and I use it. This is sometimes it's not the best idea. I use it as a creamer in my oh, coffee no, that's the, that is the best idea it's like enough to be a really good creamer but sometimes it like does a little curdling i don't know exactly know what that is Ooh. when you put it in there yeah it's just got some weird thing at the top but you just slip around it you're good <laughs> gross <laughs> <laughs> hey yuck um so my question for you justin is like what sort of holiday flavors like really t- take you to that place do you know what i'm saying like or i guess what flavors do you associate with a holiday or a season or a time of year or anything like that so i think pumpkin has been just taken over by mainstream media but nothing sure. says thanksgiving like a slice of pumpkin pie for me it's a pumpkin pie or because when i was a kid we didn't really do pumpkin pie we did um like a nice pecan pie Okay, okay. Uh, also, a lemon meringue is also associated with me around mm, uh, Thanksgiving. That sounds fantastic. <laughs> so, like, I'm not a birthday cake kind of guy. Sure. Like, I, I will eat a cake. I'm not I'm no, not opposed to it. But when I was younger, I used to ask for pie instead of cake because I loved it so much. So yeah. Thanksgiving was special because I didn't need to make an excuse for why I mm, wanted pie. Mm-hmm. I just got pie. And you get many pies and you'd eat all the pies. And then nothing beats the day after Thanksgiving. And you go in your fridge and you're like, wake up in the it's – like, it's like 11 o'clock. You got nothing going on on that Friday because I was too young. I don't really like the Black Friday and I was too young to go to the Black Friday shopping at like yeah. 6 a.m. That's even too late. But so then you go to your fridge and you have all your leftovers and you have you know some good some good little stuffins and some squashes. But what do you go to first? Oh, you're, nice, you're dipping those fingers in that pie. You got a nice breakfast pie going right there, and then you get into the rest of it. And that whole day is just like the day of grazing and just eating yes. whatever's in your fridge. Yes. And it's like you know what? It's been two hours. I could eat more. I will eat more, and I do eat more. And it's a time for indulging, right? Like it, it is. Really is. It, it's yeah. that time. Yep. Um. Yeah, so there you go. I, I I really love the eggnog. I mean, but you, you know that about me. Oh yeah. Um, I also I um I associate my mom made makes an egg dish every single year for Christmas, and that is like a flavor of the season for me personally. Um, one year it it didn't come out very good, and she was like, "Should I like remake this?" And me and my siblings were all like, y- "Yes." Like, oh, if, it was if oh, you have the it time. Was, it was that bad. It wasn't bad. It just it wasn't. It wasn't the like, taste of it. It only comes around once a year. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, you got to have the egg dish. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I do like the pumpkin, though. I like the pumpkin spice latte a lot. Um, it just and I, get, I get that it's, it is it is everywhere, right? Like, you're getting everywhere. pumpkin spice everything. Like, I, I totally get that. Uh, did you ever um, have the pumpkin, speaking of being everywhere, pumpkin spice Oreos? Have you tried those yet? No, but that sounds awesome. Because you get the nice, like, you know, vanilla cookie with a little spice yeah. in it, and then you get the the middle. Oh, it, 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 it hits well. It's It does it does things. It does things. I'd, I'd rock up to that. Like, Oh, yeah. I have a problem. I can't buy Oreos because I just have no ability Self-control. to Self-control. Yeah. yeah, I can't stop. Um, so, 
speaking of speaking of more Oreos, uh, do you do you keep Oreos in your fridge or in your pantry? Well, I guess that's the thing, right? Like, I, I don't have them because I don't keep them because I because it doesn't make it to the fridge. <laughs> no, uh, I mean, like, if I had to, I'd probably keep them in a pantry. But now that you sort of press me on it and like now that you've introduced the idea of like putting them in the fridge, like a nice crisp Oreo. Oh, that yeah. does and, sound like it would hit the and spot when you dip it into milk. Or yeah, eggnog, get, sure. Or, or, or eggnog, sure. You dip yeah. it into milk and or eggnog. Uh, if it's in the fridge, the cream just sticks a little bit better. So then you get mm-hmm. a better, you get a little bite little, as you put in your mouth. Like, oh my gosh. You know what I need? I need Oreos. I have not eaten an Oreo in at I least really three like, weeks. I used to really like the golden Oreos. You know what I'm saying? The, yeah, they're um, not bad. They're not bad. Uh, I was at an event once and someone brought lemon Oreos and everyone thought they were the golden like vanilla Oreos, but they were like the lemon flavored <laughs> I mean, like, they're not bad. Like, a lemon-flavored Oreo, like, isn't bad, per se. It's at its place. But when perhaps you're expecting, like, a regular... <laughs> like, it's, like, something has gone horribly wrong. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, I don't... Like, I like Thanksgiving is next week. That's insane. I, yeah, I mean, the, the month has flown by. The year has flown by. I think that happens as you get older. Uh, I've guess I've come to find. But, like, dang, I'm excited for those Thanksgiving foods. Oh, me too. And I'm sure we'll talk about it next intro, but like, I'm ready for it. I'm I'm gonna be there and be happy about it. Me, too. It's Hitbox. everyone welcome back to hitbox episode number 118 my name is peter huntsbatek joining me as always is my wonderful friend and co-host justin makovich justin how are you how are things Things, i haven't talked to you since last week i know i i've been i've been exceptionally busy in the world of of my work life but yesterday i had a bit of a uh not so a work life day um i went to see wicked downtown Mm. for the first time i've never seen wicked before peter justin it's interesting you asked me before we started like are we gonna talk about this on the show and i said no because i was doing you like i was doing you like uh (laughs) i gave you an out you know what i mean and now here we are i took it i'm doubling down on this i saw that the out was a a a shovel for you to dig a little a little justin size grave so tell me about your experience seeing wicked uh, I, the sh- the show itself the was, was like the production itself was fine. There's mm-hmm. some some nice some nice actors and actresses. Uh, mm-hmm. Some some really some some great lighting. Yeah. Um, uh, there was a dragon above the stage. I'm not sure why, but there was a dragon like a puppet dragon that was like moving around. Um, the actual wizard, it's like puppet head was really cool, like a really mm-hmm. cool little design thing. Uh, but boy, is that a weird show? Like in not a great way. <laughs> yeah, you didn't like it. And that's like <laughs> lunacy to me. As, you know, so, like, as someone, what's that? When you're like driving in the car and like listening to a soundtrack and you're like, all right, mm-hmm. this is the skippable one. I felt like there were a few, like like every other song, it was almost like, you know, this one. I can't okay, believe it. Keep, ah, yeah, yeah, Dancing through it. life, Justin. What are the ones you liked? Uh, the, the two, I mean, the two that everyone knows Define gravity is fine. It's a good song. Good solid fine? song. Oh my gosh. Just like full no, body it's a goosebumps. Good song. No, it's a good song. That's a Come good song. Come on. Okay, I didn't get the goosebumps. Maybe I don't have like a soul, but I didn't feel the goosebumps because maybe I, I didn't like Alphaba 
I said Alphaba before, and someone was making fun of me. Like, Alphabet? I was like, oh, sure, whatever. Get over it. Is it not um, Alphaba? Is it Alphaba? I thought it was Alphaba. No, is I said it like, alf- like Alphaba. Like Alphaba. Yeah, that's kind of what I say, but is it not Alphaba? I don't know. I, 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 I just felt ridiculous when I was saying that. Oh, name. it's with an E. Yeah. Mm, okay. See, Alphaba. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then uh, Popular is fun. That's a fun little song. Fun little, that's fun a little fun, song. That's a fun song. Dancing Through Life is a great one. Um, you know the opening when she's like she's dead yeah yep. because you know every good musical it's opening overture is the best thing about it you know what i mean All right, it's Justin, like if that's oklahoma, your top three take that huh oklahoma <laughs> oklahoma yeah. where let the me, wind let me tell you. comes sweeping down the wheat <laughs> All right, um, let me tell you, Oklahoma versus Wicked, I'd probably take Wicked nine times out of ten. Yeah, okay, that's the right that's choice. A, that's I'd a normal. Say. That's a, that's a normal one. That that is the normal thing. Um, All right, the medium before, or Wicked? Yeah, go on. The medium over the Wicked. Fuck you! Oh my god, <laughs> that's not true. You're saying imagine that, that to be... imagine that musical. Uh, be very no. moody. <laughs> Just refuse. <laughs> All right, so I've. I've wicked original soundtrack so we've got oh the wizard and i justin that song is so good the wizard and yeah when she's talking about like when i meet the wizard and she's like like dreaming about like my life is gonna be crazy because like no one's gonna look at me weird that i'm because i'm green because i'm gonna be with the wizard and like everyone loves the wizard you know what i mean and she goes to emerald city and she's like and like that's me like i'm emerald like Mm -hmm. yeah what a great what a great song Dancing Through Life, as previously stated, great, popular, great. Uh, I'm Not That Girl, very good. Um, Defying Gravity, come on. Um, uh, what's For Good, come on. That's a, mm-hmm. that's a classic. Mm-hmm. It's you a classic. Could just, you could just be reading like any like random words together from a musical, and I would think that those were the songs from it. I'm just saying, I think that this, I think that this take is... A bad one. I mean, no, like no, no, everyone, no, no. you, everyone gets their own opinion. It's fine. You're not even for sure allowed to dislike no, Wicked. I, I think I, I'm allowed to dislike a musical. I think it becomes a bad take when I compare it to the Music Man. Yeah, that, and that's what you because you were saying you think the Music Man is better than Wicked. Oh yes, I, I would. Yes. Oh yes, he says it's what? Okay, bigger, music come man. on. You got you got your ship hoopy. Come on, Sh- you, oh, dude. You, fuck. Come on. Right, right there, right? Am I right? You got that? No, you you're got wrong. <laughs> the Wells Fargo wagon. If it wasn't for Wells Fargo, this guy would not have gone to college. Wells Fargo helped me, and they have a whole song about the Wells Fargo wagon. And we're thinking about how many trombones. Yeah, okay, 76, that's true. There's that's 76 true. of them. What's the song where he talks about Gary, Indiana? Oh, Gary, Indiana. Uh, Gary, Indiana, yeah, yeah, that song. <laughs> that, that put a town on the map, Peter. Uh, a town on the map. When is this from? When did this musical get made? Okay, but 1957. Would so, you know okay. anything about Gary, Indiana, if it wasn't for the music man? I don't think so. I don't think you'd the visit Jackson there. The Jackson 5? Ripped off the music man? <laughs> By being born in Gary, Indiana. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just I remember I remember seeing the music man for the first time, and I was in like a sixth or seventh grade. It was um, in my music class. Shout out Jenny Rickert, good teacher. Um... <laughs> Support your teachers. Yeah. Um, And she she was like, fun fact, Gary, Indiana, where Michael Jackson's from. Oh, Um, okay. Yeah, I've been to Gary, Indiana. That's where the the Indiana Dunes are. Oh, and then like all around there, was there just a bunch of trombones? Uh, Not as many trombones as I thought, but not zero. 
Okay, I mean, that's actually more than I was expecting. <laughs> no, that's a lie. That's a lie. That's a lie. Uh, Dustin, we're careening into turning this into a musical podcast, which it is not. In fact, it's a video game news show. Uh, here's a preview of what's coming up. We've got the Game Awards nominations. They are here. We know what they are. Thanks, Game Awards. Thanks, Mr. <laughs> Keeley, for I don't know where I'm going with this. Uh, Control 2 has been announced, and Nintendo has feelings about backwards compatibility. The results may shock you. Who am I, BuzzFeed? <laughs> Before we get into all of that and more, I would love to give you a reminder to hop on over to our Discord server. Link to that is in the description of this episode. Support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash hitboxpod. You can become a podcast producer for just $1 a month, get your name read right in the show, or become a deluxe podcast producer like Jay Noel, like Dave Parker. Get the name read right in the show, obviously, Put in the description of the episode. Obviously, you can find them there every single week. Um, and then also, you get some uh, bonus bonus content every week, another 30 minutes of our show. Uh, fun stuff that doesn't always feel like it fits into here, but um, a lot of like in-depth conversations about games that we're playing and the like. Um, if you can't support us monetarily, hey, it's not a problem. It's tough out there. I get it. Uh, but if you want to hop on over and follow us on Twitter, Hitbox Pod, favorite us on, or sorry, give us like a rating on Spotify, five stars, you know how it is, Apple Podcasts, whatever you like. Justin, you want to talk about the games that came out? You want to head over to the Metacritic Roundup? Let's do it. Metacritic Roundup. Two new games have uh, Metacritic scores this week. Both, a little little theme tying them together, are free on Xbox Game Pass the day that they launch. First up is Pentiment. This is the Obsidian Entertainment um, narrative-driven, like, like old-timey European fantasy. Is it fantasy, or is it just like old-timey Europe? I think it's old-time Europe, and I think a lot of, like, the stories are, like, based off of, like, real history and stuff, like, retellings and, like, stuff, so I think sure. it's, it, it, yeah, it, it gets a little bit of that European feel to it. It is a, um, a, like, decision-based sort of narrative-focused game. It's got a kind of an interesting art style. Uh, before we talk even more about it, though, let's get those Metacritic scores. Um, it's just got two. It's got one for PC, which is a, an 87, and on the Xbox Series X, which is an 86, although it is also available, obviously, on the Series S and the Xbox One. Um, Justin, you've read a handful of reviews for this, haven't you? I would love to hear all about it. Um, I mean, the, the game is reviewing uh, exceptionally well. Uh, so the game itself is one of those these decision based moral games that follows uh, someone's life. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, I'm going to be honest with you about this. It looks boring as hell to me. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You think so? I think this looks yeah. awesome. I think I think the art style looks cool. Like, I think that part of it, I, I think, is is something that is like a positive to it. But mm -hmm. like I'm thinking of a game like uh, when I'm looking at, I don't know, Monkey Island uh, playing that game. And like so much of that game was like fun with the art style and the humor and just like having me go through it. This one just looks like this kind of like decision making horrible like you put people in like it just does not look like it's a super uh fun that's, game <laughs> that's interesting that you say that to me this reminds me a little bit of mass effect not necessarily in the idea of like uh sorry in the way that it handles choices i think mass effect is pretty unique in the way that it handles like your impact on the story because in a lot of games that that do like the whole choices matter thing it likes the game always starts and it's like 
you know, the things that you do in this game will affect the story. Is your mind fucking blown yet? And it's like, we these this has been the thing since books. Since I read one, a choose your own adventure book about being on the Titanic as a kid. Like it is it is this is not a new concept, right? Um, but Mass Effect, it kinda does that, but and and it does that thing where it's like got the morality and it's like best to just like go one way or the other, like from the start. But there are a lot of smaller choices that don't necessarily have a huge morality moment tied to them that um impact the story in a way that is subtle enough to make each playthrough feel truly unique as opposed to something like a um an until dawn or or something like that where kind of like the only differences is like who lives and who dies and who tells your story um well musical reference there never seen it don't care to anyway um (laughs) Uh, uh, do you know what I'm saying with that? Whereas like this game also seems like it's not making a huge deal out of, out of its choices matter system in terms of being like, here's the right thing to do. Here's the wrong thing to do. But it's got a lot more gray area to it. At least that's from what it, it seems to be. I mean, basically, it's like solving a murder mystery, which I think in of, of oh, itself is like that's an interesting shit. concept. And like you kind of don't have all the information to make like the right choices about who did what and it follows like a town through like several years and it follows this main character um according to this metacritic it says his name is andreas maler um a master artist who finds himself in the middle of murder scandals and intrigue in the bavarian alps um and i think like in of itself that seems like an interesting plot but there's just something about it that just seems like i don't know it's not going to grab me in my in my current crazy time of game playing because there are so many games out right now that are like awesome games and they're just going to keep coming they're going to keep coming these next this is like month november is a crazy month but you know what peter you're a crazy guy <laughs> i'm a crazy guy no 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 I'm, i i even if i'm not going to play this game and and don't need it i'm really happy it's scoring well do you want to know it why it scored so well for your fantasy team I this know, was such a good fantasy pick. team it was such a good pick I'm I there is so much coming out and I'm worried that I'm not going to end up getting to play this one because this looks so good to me at least um, it might be the kind of thing that I like I try to sneak in there because um, again it is on Xbox Game Pass so it means I can pretty much just pick it up at any time um, and it comes out it's out tomorrow as we are recording this so that is the 15th so by the time you are listening to this on Hitbox Day um, you have access to Pentiment all on your own. So I'll be interested to see um, to see it for myself. I assume you're not going to pick it up based on like everything else that's coming. We got Pokemon what later this oh, week? And- yeah, Pokemon later this week. So I'm still um, into God of War, which we'll talk about later. Um, yeah. but, but like, it doesn't mean I wouldn't be able to like pick it up um, and play it. Like, like it's it's interesting to me. It just as I'm like watching people talk about it, I was just like, oh, this just does. This, uh... I like, think the- it's for a very specific person. When like when a lot of the like descriptions for this lead about like. Like it's about like interpersonal politics. It's like so many people. I think that's just going to be like, oh no, thank you. I know. Uh, for me, that's obviously something that I'm like very into. But I'll, um, I'll fine. You can take my goat for 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 this, like or whatever. It seems like exactly. That's be but a they'll remember the that. The goat will remember that. <laughs> <laughs> bah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So so uh, pentiment. There you go. I, yeah, I'm probably going to try and try and sneak this in at some point. I'm. I'm uh, gonna be by by the time you're listening to this, uh, no, it won't be out. But I, I'm reviewing uh, uh, n- the new Dark Pictures game, 
I've not played it yet, uh, but like I probably would hop onto this if I wasn't doing that this week. Gosh, makes sense. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The dark pictures is keeping you from from true happiness. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to go in with an open mind, but we'll see how, <laughs> how that. I, I've not played it yet. Again, you're gonna be just, playing it the whole time. You're gonna be like, ah, it's not Pentiment. I could be playing Pentiment, <sighs> a game about political <laughs> intrigue, inter, inter, interpersonal <laughs> politics. Yeah. <laughs> Um, next game we have here is Somerville, also on Xbox Game Pass. We've got a score on PC, which is a 75, and Xbox Series X, which is a 77, also comes out tomorrow. Same day as Pentiment. It's a double feature. It's an Xbox Game Pass double feature. This is by, um... Jump Ship Studios. They are, uh, half of the team that made Inside, Inside and, and Limbo. Limbo. Mm-hmm. Um, it's my understanding the two people who like fronted that studio had a big falling out and so they both went on to create their own studios and so Somerville is um, is one half of the that team and then the other half is doing some weird we saw it recently I think at another Xbox game thing uh, maybe over summer for summer game fest it was like you play as like a fly and you're like a bug I don't remember what it was it was weird um, did you ever play the but, game Mr. Mosquito on the PlayStation. I have played the game Mr. Mosquito yeah. a long time yeah. ago. Yeah, there you go. That's old video games for you. Um, but uh, Somerville, this is a game about... It's, I think, to my understanding, it is a similar vein of your insides and your um, limbos where it's it's a pretty linear thing, right? Um, but it's about uh, an alien invasion or like an alien sighting in... Um, in england right you you read a bunch of reviews for this right how how did how do people feel about it uh so there's uh the review on metacritic from true true achievements at least the the uh the little like mini little blurb. blurb of it it says overall somerville has a fantastic and intriguing world that's begging to be explored from the off wonderful art and sound design compounded with excellent character animations really bring this narrative adventure to life but a smattering of bugs lackluster puzzle elements an ambiguous story that left me feeling unrewarded after posing so many initial questions really hampered the experience and it Mm. seems like a lot of people uh the the response to what the story where the story goes is not rewarding or interesting whereas i think something like limbo or inside both of those ones it starts off kind of like weird but where it goes to the at the end is awesome have you have you beat both those games so I've beaten Limbo and I this is true. I have had Inside downloaded on my Xbox since the year 2017 <laughs> with intention of playing it. I know I think I know like to my honest, like, I know nothing about it mm. other than I think I might know what the twist is to it that makes it so like mind bending um and cool, but I also don't know. So it's one of those mm. things where like I have been meaning to play this game for literally five years <laughs> and i just yeah. haven't done it i'm still well, long right i imagine it's like what three hours four oh, hours? i mean five hours if you try to 100 percent it like it's yeah, like okay. it's like a, a pretty quick but like it's a beautiful game the puzzles are great um and on top of that like what they do with the story is really cool and i think both mm. of those games like they reward you for going back and playing it again limbo literally you're forced to play it again when you beat it like it like keeps yeah. going and like that in the really spoiler maybe uh but like it's just like such a cool narrative design 
mixed with a cool art style, mixed with a cool story that is such a minimal story. And this one seems to be focusing more on the story, but the story itself is just uninteresting while they still have some good art style to it, which it does yeah. look really cool. Um, watching the animations of this game and watching like 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 just it live and move is really it looks like a, a cool game. Um, and this goes to I, this sounds reductive. It's a Game Pass game. There's really no reason, right? Uh, yeah. It, it, so it there's, there's really no reason not to try a game like this because at worst, you're going to have more questions at the end than you had at the beginning, or it's just going to be unsatisfying at the very end. But I think, you know, visually, a kind of game like this, I, I think, eh, try it. Yeah. This and Pentiment, I think, really seem like great games for Game Pass. Uh, I might, I've been trying to like get through Summer, not Somerville. Um, <laughs> that's what we're talking about right now. Signal, Signalis, Signalis. Mm-hmm. The people who like that game love that game. And I've not seen anyone speak really like negatively or like critically of it. I'm like not like it's on Game Pass. I'm not I don't know what it is. Like I like all the elements, but for whatever reason, there's just nothing there that's like really grabbing me. Uh, So I might put that down in, in favor of one of these guys and pick this up and play it on the side. And also like they both seem like games where like I could probably stream it on the backbone Mm. and, and like get decent mileage out of that yeah yeah. uh, and not have it be too much of an issue because i imagine they're not like twitchy like games like that you know yeah uh so yeah there you go somerville and pentiment um is there anything else we missed no i don't think so um those are the two the two biggins because oh yeah because we did god of war last week i mean Um, tactics ogre reborn is it a remake is it just reborn i don't know what that game is wait i know you're joking but tactics ogre reborn is like didn't review really well no yeah yeah, yeah I mean, 85 I, <laughs> yeah that, that came out but i have very little to say about it so like like uh, what it, yeah like it, this this seems like a game that our friend dave parker would like <laughs> shout out to dave I, parker give us your t- tweet us your review yes six uh go ahead and drop a seven word review on the hitbox discord server nice. um that is not a dig by the way that is a it is just a jrpg ass tactics game and i think that <laughs> That is a very specific, uh, specific people like that kind of game. Uh, and, and it's probably one that I'll skip. But um, well, also, do you see I, I know you're busy. Uh, do you see Black Panther yet? Unrelated, no, have, not game ha, ha, related. Have you seen it? I did see it. I saw it on Saturday. It's got a 67 on Metacritic. That seems which pretty low. I seems uh, pretty low. Yeah. W- one of my students saw this uh, and I, I was asking him uh, Saturday morning. I was like, so like, how was it? Like, where'd you rank it among them? And he's like, definitely Infinity War. And I was like, what? Whoa, <laughs> and then whoa, whoa, whoa. it was like that, that evening he sent me a follow up email being like, I've been thinking about it more. <laughs> it's not quite Infinity War, but and I was like, OK, I mean, I'm still excited to see it, but. I would say it is uh, in like mid tier. Okay, better than Ant Man. Yes. Okay. I, I let me say this. I really liked it um, up until a point. Okay. I don't want to spoil it, anything, but yeah. Yeah. I to me, Ant Man is like that perfect one. <laughs> like it's like right in the middle. It's just like okay, <laughs> where, it's like, where, where it's like perfectly enjoyable, but like yeah, yeah you yeah, know, you don't walk away being like that was fucking great. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. I would say this is probably better than that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, this is definitely. I mean, like. Uh, I guess I'm I'm in the minority here where I don't really like that first one very much. Um the first Black Panther movie, sorry. Um but I think this is like way better than that with a bullet like like very very when, good. When's the last time you watched the original one? Probably in 2019. So okay, so I mean that's that's recent enough. I found that that movie got better after watching everything else 
that came sure. before it after sure. it um whereas a lot of the original ones uh i think are significantly worse going back <laughs> like after like watching where everything goes like i mean yeah, i don't know go like, on not, not to be like i don't this might be sacrilege but remember what i said about wicked um i really don't think the first avengers movie is very good it is one of those things where like because it was the first one yeah of anything like that it was like so groundbreaking and good but going back to it knowing what like infinity war is and yeah. endgame is yeah it is it is i i don't i don't think you're wrong in that it's it's very clearly that they were trying to figure out how to do this and i think that like it's it's not a bad movie but it's just clear right. that it was like the first one right um right. speaking of uh, i've been watching firefly for the first time Ooh, okay um, yeah um and just like it's interesting to see like that Joss Whedon writing and like where where that went and what it ended up becoming and all that sort of stuff. Um, but yeah, and then we all know where it ended with uh, yeah him being a, just a piece of shit <laughs> the whole time. Turns out, oh <laughs> well, no, that too. Bag. I was I was talking about him ruining um, uh, Batman, uh, not Batman v Superman, oh my gosh, Justice League, Justice League, man, shit. man, yeah. that was whoo. What a way! To, what a way to end your career! What a what a swan song, huh? <laughs> Anyway, um, Justin, let's talk about God of War. I think it's time. Let's talk about this game. Let's go. Bum, bum, bum. It's got a that little like music beat that happens is very good. Uh, it doesn't happen very often, but um, God of War Ragnarok is out, and you and I have been playing it. You said you played it for, what, like 10 hours or so? No, like, I think I just crossed the 11-hour mark. I don't know how, how well they track the pause screens, but yes, about 11 hours sure. on game clock. I, um... I'm like eight or so, but I've been doing it for work, so that's not super like totally accurate. Uh, I, but I'm a, I'm a decent chunk into this game, and I am liking it quite a bit. In fact, I'm liking it more than I think I thought I would. Not that I anticipated disliking it, um, but as we sort of talked about last week, having like being so fresh, hot off the heels of that first game, and hot. like fe- if, hot, hot. <laughs> When I when I like write stuff sometimes like there are words that I just say wrong just because I think of the Midwestern Chicago thing. Uh, there's a gun in Apex that's spelled V O L T, like it's a like a battery, right? Yeah, volt. Well, see, that's the thing. It's like volt is how everyone volt? I know says it, but I like vault. I say like vault, like vault. the vault, the, the vault gun. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Volt? Or like I'll say like a nine volt battery. Oh, it's like, yeah, I do hear yeah. that. I do hear that Midwestern. And yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, got to a Ragnarok. Um, I, I liked it. I think I'm liking it. I think more than I thought I would, because like I said, I, th- I thought that the, um, the first game for me overstayed its welcome a little too much in terms of it's like the actual mechanics and game of it. I thought the story was great and I thought that was really well paced, but I thought that like enemies were a little spongy and not that like there wasn't a huge enemy variety. And while I'm still feeling that a little bit in this game, um, I am really, really liking what they're doing with the story. What are your initial impressions? Um, I feel in this game, I am much more like, let's get on with it than with the mm-hmm. original game. Um, for a lot of, ev- like from even a moment to moment world exploring uh, beat just to like go from one place to another. I'm like, let's go. And from a gameplay perspective, I'm just like, let's get to the the bigger enemies right now. It feels like I'm <laughs> I'm like 11 hours in and they keep r- revealing new gameplay mechanics and new 
like types of enemy encounter things, which is normally fine. But if it feels like it, it like I'm playing Xenoblade three again, like, oh, we got another boss. That means we got another type of like yeah. thing that we have to like deal with. Um, and I think part of this is that it is not new to me anymore as where the first God of War, yeah. when I was playing it, it was like new. It was amazing. And this one to me doesn't really do much to push that forward um, mm-hmm. in a, a major meaningful way. It broadens the scope significantly of the game, but I don't know if that's for its benefit to me personally. I know what you're saying. Uh, Cause I, I feel like in that first game, anytime you hit a roadblock in terms of like what you were trying to do, it didn't necessarily feel like such a major setback because even though yes, okay, now it's time we're going to fucking crawl our way out of Helheim again. Like when you're doing that, you're doing it with Atreus and like the real big draw of that is um, that growing fostering relationship between those two and how they grow and change and those like small little moments. So like even, you know, as you're just exploring environments and stuff like the dialogue between the two is I think still like really meaningful and revealing. And that's not to say that in God of War Ragnarok, it's not that way. It's just, we sort of know where Kratos and Atreus stand. I mean, it's, yeah. there's still some stuff that's left up in the air, but it, like going to a new place, you aren't going to necessarily get hit with like, oh, how is Kratos going to react to to Atreus's feelings on this? You know, because there's more characters in it that are with you more frequently than in the original one. But um, yeah, and, and I also think like maybe things will change down the line. But I thought that what that first game did really well was you do the you you've got the axe for a while and i guess spoilers for the first game um but it's there it's in the trailers what for this new one whatever um you've got the axe for you know the first 50 to 60 percent of the game and then you go and you get the chaos blades or blades of chaos whatever it's called and then i well i personally don't love those weapons i like the axe more in terms of like how they how it feels it is a new like oh here's a whole new thing to do and in this game you get the axe to the beginning and you do the tutorial with the axe and then you go home and you get the blades and it's like yep it is it is much quicker and i'm 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 gonna like uh, hope and assume that there is something else to kind of break that up in it a little bit Mm -hmm. i mean just the way they've been like just releasing things in the game i'm sure more stuff is gonna happen because i feel like i'm 11 hours in and like the real story really hasn't gotten started yet (laughs) oh really (laughs) like because it again when, when i say this is a broader story how simple is the first one? You are it's, going right, to the top dad of the mountain. And, yeah. Dad. Everything else is like a, a diversion to that or something to like help along the way to a certain degree. This one, it's just kind of like, you know, this the what's the game called? You're building towards Ragnarok. Like that's yeah. literally like what the game is. And that's what you're building towards. And there's so much that has been happening in between that that it feels like it's tying up loose ends of other things that happened before rather than building towards this final climax of Ragnarok. To your point, I also think that like that first game, as you said, it's it's so simple. Like the entire game, you know what the goal is. And then, I mean, no, not spoiling it, but like, that's it. <laughs> like you go and you do the thing that you want to do. And then like credits, you know, whereas this one, like I, I kind like, I guess I know what the goal is. We're trying to stop Odin from doing something kind of undefined. Like we don't really, we don't really know what he's going to do. 
and we don't also know exactly what doing all these things is going to do to aid us in stopping him. Whereas with the first game, it's like, okay, well, we got set back because Atreus is sick. And so we need to make sure Atreus isn't sick. He's well enough to go to, to Jotunheim. Or you get there, you get to the highest peak, and then someone's like, oh, this actually isn't the highest peak. It's like, well, fuck. <laughs> um, you know? So so I, I definitely... I, I get that. But for me, what really saves it, I think, is how well-written the characters are and those character interactions. And there's new layers to the characters, I think, and their interactions. Like, um, Atreus has an interesting relationship with Sindri, the dwarf, um, that I found to be delightful. Um, and uh, I, I think Kratos and Atreus' relationship, while not as, I think, as easily understandable and as, like... Uh, well, not as... as I think easily packaged as in the first one, I do think is still interesting as Atreus is starting to grow up and Kratos is starting to have to understand like, yeah, you're not like a boy anymore. He doesn't even call him boy anymore. He like, oh, that'll come. I'm, I'm sure there'll be a moment in the game. 100%. When it, when like, 100%. Yeah. Um, I, uh, we can cut this. If you think this is too much of a spoiler, this happens right in the very beginning of the game. And I think that it, it perfect, perfectly encapsulates the kind of relationship you're saying. Something happens with Atreus and he's upset and Kratos is like, let's train. <laughs> and it's like in the mm-hmm. middle of the night. And like, yep. <laughs> uh, uh, Mimir is like, why did you want to train? And then uh, Kratos is like, the boy was grieving. And like, Mimir is like, I know you're trying. And it's just like this like subtle, sweet way of showing how Kratos shows affection. And there's those ton of those moments of like yes. just their their relationship growth in this game that I think are just great. Um, and and I think you're 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 right that the the story itself is is good. It's not bad. The moments are good. But when there's this bigger thing happening and there's so many little diversions to that big thing, that at a certain point I'm just like, where's the when are we getting to the the big character, the moment, the big thing reveal? like that is going to start moving t- closer to that action. It feels like they're setting up for another game rather than them setting up for this game. And yeah. I, from what I'm hearing, the game is what, like 24 hours long. <laughs> That's a lot. Like it, it sounds like about what the first one was. Yeah. Uh, well, I think it's longer than the first one. Oh, is it? I don't know. Yeah. Um, and with, with that at this point, and I'm not like necessarily like main pathing it, but I'm not necessarily doing every little side thing. If I'm like halfway through the game and I'm still feeling like a kind of like a slower pace towards the climax, I don't know. I I, I, I know I sound negative on this game. Um, I just would was hoping it would be more than just another part of the first God of War. Yeah. I, I- I am finding this in entirely enjoyable and entirely pleasant. Yes. I, like I, I really am not finding any moments where I'm like, Oh my gosh. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. I, you, you know, um, which, which I think is more than I can say for a lot of video games. Um, but that said, I also don't maybe think it's as gripping. I thought that at the inciting incident, um, there is a scene is very teased. I mean, it's, it's fucking in the first game at the very, very end where someone shows up for dinner and that scene I think is like, I like my jaw was kind of on the floor for it. Do you know what I'm talking about? I don't want to spoil this. It's like in the first hour, but like I still want to spoil it. It's right after the tutorial. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, have you ever seen Inglorious Bastards? Yeah. It's like the milk scene. Milk scene. Is that when it, you get it, orders it, three? 
it's at the very beginning and he's like sitting there and he knows that there's oh, uh, oh, oh, like, oh, under like, the floorboards. And there's yes. all this like tension in that scene and it's just like Yes, all right, 100%. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because someone shows up and you're like, "Why are you you seem to be very calm?" Someone asks Kratos. He goes like, "You seem like a calm and reasonable person." Is that true? Are you a calm and reasonable person? And and you see Mamir look at the camera and be like, <laughs> I mean, basically, right? Like, it's just what, like, what, what a great question, right? And it's like, uh, I would say no. Um, but what Kratos says is he's like, if the situation calls for calm, then yeah, I, yeah. I can be calm. And I think that like, it is a scene where like, I was like on the edge of my seat for, because it is just, it is a completely unexpected and, it's not how I thought that scene would go. I knew that scene was coming. It's in the trailers. It's at the end of the game. It's not how I thought that scene would go. And then when things do happen, like the the uh, what how do like the restraint I think that they showed in terms of like letting everything like putting everything in motion, I thought was was just just great. It was a good hook at least. It, it was, but but with that, where I'm out of the game, we still haven't really gone back to that. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's a little odd. It it's just really it's slow to get to that, which is leading to the Ragnarok. Yeah. So again, I I think this game is great. Don't get yes. me wrong. It's just it doesn't make it makes me wonder. Like it it makes me really feel that the, I like the first game better at this point. Hmm. I probably like the writing of this second one better. Not necessarily like there's more of it. And I think like not that I necessarily love when things are funny because there's there's like a lot of like levity in this. Um, a lot of it comes from like Mimir um, or like Sindri. But there is a lot of of. It feels like a lighter game where while while that first game is certainly has its lighter moments and is um, it, it feels a lot more serious and that, that, that's not bad. Like, I, I don't mind that. But I think if this game were to also be just as serious, it would be a little bit much for me. Yeah, yeah. But. Um, I, I one the one thing that I think is not as good is the world uh, design and the exploration agreed, of it. Agreed, agreed, agreed. Um, because I really feel like that's kind of almost Castlevania-esque feeling of the other one, the Metroidvania type of feeling about like unlocking things and like everything is kind of interwoven to lead you to different places. That stuff is here, but there's so much world that it doesn't really feel like it's this big interconnected hub. It's like teleport to this place, teleport to this place, teleport linear, to this place. Right? Linear, yes. Linear, yeah. absolutely. And the first game is linear, but it to feels... But right. But it feels way more open because um, you get to the hub of the big lake and yeah. it's like, well, where do you want to go? Yep. You know, and and I've gotten to a point where I got to the point where it's like, well, where do you want to go? And and they still have that. It's a menu, <laughs> but it's a menu. Right. Yeah, like, whereas yeah. whereas that first game was so fun about like, I don't know, let's go. Let's just boat on this way. See what's over here. Yep. yep. Um, but I am liking it all in all. Uh, I obviously am going to finish it for work, uh, but I, I would be playing this a lot more if I didn't have to play it during the day for work. You know, yeah, you need, you need rest. <laughs> I do. I do. Um, Justin, I, I dipped for a few hours into the Modern Warfare 2 multiplayer. I was looking for something to play while I was while I was uh, listening to podcasts and stuff like that. And um, hey, that's where the fun part of that game is hidden. <laughs> oh, really? Uh, yeah, it's yeah, it. it it's Call of Duty multiplayer, so it is it is 
similarly fun and enjoyable and i think the weapons are good i think it feels a lot faster and, and better paced than like the action is better paced than the um campaign and i think that's just for the sake for the reason of like it is just jump cuts of the action you know what i mean like there's no like the only pacing is when you are waiting for the next game to load um but i uh, i've been having some fun with it it's not something that i think i'm gonna get like really into or like spend a lot of time in other than like when i'm just trying to like turn the old brain off and and hang out but um it is fun enough oh i'm, I'm glad to hear it i mean i was a super big call of duty fan back back in the day um and loved just like getting really into that i mean black ops black ops 2 were like mm-hmm. some of my like most played multiplayer experiences um so I, I think there is clearly a reason why this is one of the most successful games and it's not because of their campaign <laughs> agreed 100 <laughs> percent uh also i i got the platinum for sonic frontiers um i don't want to say i had to get it for work because i didn't but i had to get 95 percent of the trophies for work and i was like well fuck <laughs> i'm, <laughs> I'm you're going right to there um tell me about how, what the, how was the list uh it's just an open world just do everything so fine i mean like like nothing you know yeah um i i don't think it makes it a better game <laughs> and any that were difficult for you to get through nope i did the whole thing before the trophy list was revealed to me because i had it pre-release and so i did that the day the night before it mm. went live um i just i was like oh i didn't end up doing this thing i should probably do that thing huh like i was just talking to all the characters um huh. and and I did it and then it popped off. I was like, oh, cool. Thank you, Sonic Frontiers. I will hopefully never play you ever again. (laughs) Uh, Justin, go ahead and click on the link that I sent you regarding Sonic Frontiers. I've been waiting. Yeah, so. Oh, okay. No, no, I've definitely I I, I saw this this morning, I think. Right. It's currently it's thirty nine. It's thirty nine dollars on Amazon right now. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It seems I don't know if this is an error or anything. It seems like it has been going in and out, um, but like in in terms of like the deal. But it is, it's, I don't think it's an error because it's still like up on and off. You know what I mean? It like when I click on it right now. Okay, it's fifty nine ninety nine. Let me see um, this other link here. Um, okay, so I guess it's back up, but. Uh, I don't know. Maybe this isn't as big as I thought, but it's just one of those things where it's like, wow, that was pretty fast to get discounted, huh? Yeah, right. Um, Wario 64 uh, also did a uh, follow up tweet um, that said, got a price drop fast. <laughs> I mean, he, he, they get it. <laughs> they definitely get it. Yeah, it, it's yeah. This is a video game that I played. And <laughs> I mean, oh, I've th- seen people call this their game of the year, and I just I don't know. Like, I don't know what that means. Like I, like I do, but like, <laughs> I mean, I, I if you're a Sonic fan, like how big of a Sonic fan are you? Uh, I mean, I'm a pretty damn big Sonic fan, but I guess I hold it to a more critical stance than what I think most Sonic fans probably would. And and I think like like part of it, too, is that, you know, the people see the seed of what could be a really good game and they're yes. hoping for that is this is yes. the, like the sign of that. I still think one of the most 
inexcusable things about this this game price be damned uh length be damned is the pop-in of it the pop-in like my goodness yeah. like i think to me that is one thing that is just technically like destroys this game because of like you need to have speed in this game you need to <laughs> go fast in this game and when your speed pre- it, like prevents you from literally playing the game because you weren't able to load in the <laughs> the environment around you like it that, that just seems like it it breaks what the purpose of the game is i like i'm not trying to be like that guy who's like negative on the devs or whatever but it's like inexcusable it is like this is your game this is what your game is about like you need to have this work uh whatever it is what it is uh and what it is is not a very good video game but also hey if you like this i'm happy that you are playing a video game that you really enjoy because it seems that it is um Striking a chord with some people. Um, there's the, uh, let's see, I have a, a, a Nintendo Life article here um, that talks about Sonic Team is listening to Frontier's feedback, wants to take series to greater heights, which is interesting to me. Like, does that, like, are, are they insinuating that, you know, they want to fix this game? Or is this, like, that first step for them for coming up with a better? I would be surprised if this means they would fix the game, like, in terms i guess maybe they could improve the pop and stuff but also i don't know um i guess like if if this is the direction they want to take sonic from here on out i guess give it a go like there are places to go with this it does feel like a pretty good first draft um but it is also a video game that is being sold for full retail price or sometimes 20 dollars off full retail price you know like i would say the time for experimenting and first drafts has that ship has sailed quite a long time ago. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. I thought, I thought it was funny too. When, before this game came out, they were like, they announced like, we're going for high, uh, high review scores here. What the fuck have you been doing? Isn't that the point? You know, but like, but yeah, you know what? <laughs> it might hurt our review scores, but I really want Sonic to kiss a human. <laughs> you know, what's great about that too. That comes at the very end after you've beaten all, uh, this is Sonic 06. If anyone's <laughs> wondering, um I, which i've played to its completion by the way um it, that it comes at the very very end after you've completed all the main characters stories uh to get like the final act and it's almost like not even like you almost don't even notice you definitely notice it but it's like one of those like well then that's just another fucking thing about this game huh <laughs> like might as well throw that on the list have him, <laughs> dude having sonic next to like a real human like a like a Final Fantasy ass character model is so busted because it just makes you think about like what are his eyes made out of? Is it all just like one big eye? Like it really brings into the idea of like how horrifying it would be to see that in real life, you know. Whereas like when he's a cartoon character, like I watched a lot of Sonic X, the Sonic anime when I was a kid, and like you know he's an anime character standing next to other anime characters, like human anime characters, and so they it doesn't look that busted because it's like. Like Morgana in Persona 5, like you kind of see like, oh, you're a weird animal, but like we're also like not perfect representations of humans. So you like kind of get it. Yeah, it's like it's like upsetting to look at him next to a human. (laughs) It's it's bad. Can you imagine as she's going in for the kiss in the scene? She like pulls off his mascot head to reveal another human head under Sonic. And then she just kisses that. (laughs) I don't know how she kissed him. His nose is like a like a three pencils long it's it's (laughs) it's so upsetting to think about uh, other than the i mean just the bestiality of it all i suppose but 
for, um, for, for, the, for the video viewers of this, they've been watching this kiss happen for the past five minutes. So <laughs> it's just on, on a little gift. So enjoy. Hitbox podcast on YouTube. Thanks so much. Let's head over to the news. <laughs> It's that time again, America. The Game Awards, uh, TGAs, as Mr. Jeff Keighley likes to call them, um, the nominations for 2022 are here. And I don't think we need to read all of them, all of the categories and all of the nominations, but I think that we should talk about some of them here. Um, the Game Awards, I feel like, are they're an interesting event. I want, I always want them to be better than they are. I, th- I feel like we've talked about that a lot on this show, about like how while the showcases themselves are, are decent at best, usually like the actual awards part of it is always so like sidelined that it hardly feels like like why even do an award? Like, why not just make this your winter showcase, Mr. Keeley? But um, so they make a big deal out of out of announcing all this stuff. But um I guess the, the one big front runner here is that God of War Ragnarok has how many nominations here? Uh, 10 nominations and then um, followed by Elden Ring, which has, I think, eight or nine. And then Horizon Forbidden West, which has just a few less. Um, how do you um, feel about this? Yeah. And then and then I want to hear like just your like initial thoughts on this. And then I want to talk about the specific categories and, and talk about some of the games on here. So I'm just looking at which categories God of War was nominated in and not Elden Ring. Best performance uh, mm-hmm. for um, both Christopher Judge and Sonny Soljic. Is that is that Atreus? Yeah. Um, they were both nominated. Um, and obviously there's not a character in Elden Ring that... Uh, <laughs> Is let's say a, a best performance category nominee. Dude, I don't know. You're laughing in it. It got nominated for like best narrative. But can't, can't you see that? I mean, I mean, George Redwell Martin came in there and he wrote up that script of like, "What up, guys?" Like he came I up with that. I get it. It is the most coherent <laughs> FromSoft game. Low bar, Peter. <laughs> but like that's the thing. Like, 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 but it's not. You know what I mean? Like, I I, I understand like on a basic level of like the three story beats in that game, but like it's certainly the most written <laughs> like, <laughs> like there's a lot of writing in it, but I don't, uh, but, but like a good narrative that does not make, you know? Yeah. Um, it's a lot of fucking writing in Lord of the Rings, but those books are tough. The, the, are a dry, a dry read, but, uh, so, uh, Elden Ring was nominated for uh best role playing game while, uh, God of War was best action adventure. Um, but the one that uh, God of War got nominated for that Elden Ring did not was the Accessibility um, mm-hmm. Award, Innovations in Accessibility. Um, and uh, that, that's an interesting list of itself because those nominees were As Dusk, Dusk Falls, God of War Ragnarok, Return to Monkey Island, The Last of Us Part 1, and The Quarry were all nominated for that. So I think that's an interesting kind of like trend there, a couple of, of uh, adventure games and a couple of Sony first-party games as well. It's been, I think that Sony's push to make their games more accessible has been um, excellent. Uh, agree, and I, I think, to, to be honest, I mean, like, we're going to... Okay, uh, also, heads up, listener. We're going to be doing um, our predictions episode for this in a few weeks. Uh, we've got... Uh, Justin's going to be out of town, so we're going to put one of these in the bank. Uh, and, and we'll get back to the news the week after. Um, but so we'll, we'll get into our full extended, like, predictions and thoughts on this, like, category by category um in in two weeks here but 
just off the hip, I think, <laughs> I think that Last of Us Part One, while while like God of War has a lot of great um, accessibility stuff, and the other ones do as well. Like in terms of like just being completely one hundred percent like devoted to that stuff. Last of Us Part One like has the descriptive audio. Like it is it is just truly like you can just tweak every little detail about the combat in that game and the the interactions you have with that stuff. It is it's truly truly impressive not that the rest aren't but um just from the hip that seems kind of what i would lean to yeah didn't last was part two win as well yeah it did so i mean you add <laughs> i mean really one might justify the reason they needed to make last of us part one was to add was these to throw that stuff in there. features yeah. yeah i mean so yeah I, I yeah i think that's you know again go go you naughty dog go you sony those are great share them with everyone so I want to read a, a, a few of a few things here. And obviously, like we can talk a little bit about our predictions. Obviously, that will be de- uh, uh, devoted to that episode in a few weeks here. Uh, but I want to read at least um, the full nominees for Game of the Year, Game Direction, Best Narrative, um, and I think maybe Best Performance here. Uh, just, just to get your, your take here. So Game of the Year, we've got A Plague Tale Requiem. Um, which by the way, did you know a Sobo studio? I thought like, I thought I was right about this. And then for whatever reason, I convinced myself that I was wrong. And it turns out I was right the whole time. They also make Microsoft flight simulator. Hmm. Those games are similar. <laughs> Very different. So I wonder if those are different teams, but so you got a uh, plague tale requiem. You got Elden ring. This is for game of the year. A plague tale requiem, Elden ring, God of war, Ragnarok, horizon forbidden West stray and Xenoblade Chronicles three. Um, how do you how do you take that? I th- I think I look at this list personally, um, and I feel like it's very hard to see a game that's that's sticking up above the others as being like I'm the game of the year, friends. And that doesn't mean they're all on the same level. I don't think, but it's, to me, other than I think Stray and May, like I think Xenoblade Chronicles Three being on here was a welcome surprise, but not one that I think like. Hey, sh- shout out I to support that shit. Yeah, me too. Um, it, it actually has a decent amount of representation on in these categories. Um, but like, apart from Stray, I, I and I guess maybe Xenoblade, the other four of these seem to be very like the most obvious picks, in my opinion, for this sort of thing. And I get that these that the game awards are kind of like that. You know, they tend to go for the more like obvious things. But it just I don't know. There's something about this where it's like, oh well, yeah, I guess. The games that had the most money thrown at them probably would be nominated, huh? I guess, you know, Stray non is the outlier there, but do you know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah, I think Stray is a weird inclusion on this list, personally. I love Stray. I thought it was a great game. Um, it, 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 I just don't know, like, looking at this, like... You, you know what this feels like to me, to be entirely honest with you? I, I, I think I always find it odd when people talk about, like, something being a bad year for video games. Cause generally like, I mean, for the past like six, seven, eight years, like it's been pretty good. For, like video game fans have been like eating pretty well. Um, for me, this personally is not my favorite year in gaming, but I think we are definitely feeling the effects of the pandemic in terms of like release schedules. Stray feels like a weird inclusion because the rest of these games, because like, I feel like there have been so few of these big budget games that released this year. You know what I mean? Like, this is kind of it. I, I don't really know what else you would be even able to put in here other than these ones. Um, and so that's how I think you get something like Stray and Xenoblade Chronicles 3 in there, because none of these like super huge uh, uh, 
super like wide appeal games really released this year. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I look at these games and I think they're all good games. Like, I think this is, a, I think this is a strong list. I mean, and I think part of the reason is that I played all these games. Yeah. Um, and like, there, there are good things about all of them. I think Agreed. there are some, some that don't have a, uh, a farts chance in the wind of winning. Um, but I think that I can make an argument for almost all of these games, but two. That would be Stray and A Plague Tale are the two that I would have a hard time making any kind of argument for. And I think you would also oh. add you would add Horizon to that, too. I'm pretty I sure would, I would say that I could make an argument for Stray. I haven't played Plague Tale Requiem, but yeah, I would say Plague Tale Requiem based on just what I've seen about it, especially when compared to these other games and Horizon. I wouldn't I wouldn't be able to really gun it, like be able to like really get behind. But uh, I think Stray could it would be fucking insane if that game won i yeah but I, hey I, last year it takes two one so i mean that like, that is true that that could happen and i think people like stray enough that it, it might be the the dark horse here um yeah. was last year a bad year in video games i mean fucking fucking no. it takes two one <laughs> no it was not a bad year in video games uh, everyone <laughs> despite despite like not trying to be a contrarian here but like everyone i know was like this is a bad year for video games. this is a bad year for video games it was not <laughs> It was definitely not. It was a. It was you got Resident Evil Four, Five Village. You've got Returnal, like fucking like Goaty, like instant goat, like instant classic Returnal. You had Ratchet and Clank, which I know you really liked. Uh, it was not. A, it was not a bad year for games at all. Um, so then we got Best Game Direction. Got Elden Ring, God of War, Ragnarok, Horizon Forbidden West, Immortality, and Stray. So like literally just slotted in Plague Tale Requiem for Immortality. Um, I always think game direction is interesting. Um, let me go on. <laughs> Best narrative. Plague Tale Requiem, Elden Ring, God of War, Ragnarok, Horizon Forbidden West, Immortality. Do you, like, you kind of see... I, I, know, I know that a lot of these games get nominated for multiple things, and this is not a, a completely... like This is not a completely unique year for this sort of thing where like a lot of the big budget games get nominated for most of these things for the same things over and over again but i feel like there have been so many games that have come out this year that to just sort of limit them to these you know four or five to me feels a little like limiting i'm glad that immortality is in here at the very least for something like the for like something like narrative um and game direction and whatnot because hey yeah that's that that was a big swing of a game um but i i think i find it like I don't know. Do you see what I'm saying about just like the repeating of all of these of these same four or five titles just over and over again? Yeah, I mean, I my my like like bat, like response to that would be what else would be under best narrative, best game direction and stuff. And I mean, I'm sure there'd be other ones um, like I, I, I'm not saying that to be like, these are the only games I think yeah. what would be the replacement games. And I think like looking at best game direction, um, I there are so few games that are known for their game directors and known yeah. for like what they do with it. I mean, you th I think you look at this, th this list here, I think God of War Ragnarok, I think that one we're looking at like game direction and we're looking sure. at like what they've done with that game. And I think one of the mm -hmm. things we talked about with that game is how creative they do things like with their one shot and how they are really like, I think in this game, stepping up how they de dealt with that from the last mm -hmm. game in such a unique way. Um, 
I think uh, a game like Immortality, I think that one is one that really kind of makes sense for like a game direction because uh, uh, who's the director of that? Sam Barlow. Sam Barlow. We know his name. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right, yeah. like that, that's part of it. Like how many games like that have named directors that we know that are like interesting quality games that are um, not that other games aren't quality, but like there's just something about like things that are to the level of Elden Ring or God of War or even Horizon Forbidden West that just go above and beyond what is expected of a video game. Um, And I think like for me, like looking at a game like God of War, as as much as I seem like, oh, that game sucks, that game is like a freaking 10 out of 10 still. You know what I mean? Like, you know, and like the amount of like effort and like details in that game, the amount of thought that goes into a game like that I think is outstanding and that does come from direction that does come from game of the year that does come from narrative art direction score music all these kind of things um, that I think are are huge I think for me it's a little tough though to to I think it's tough though because like why is it that these games get recognized for their directors oh it's because they're huge multi-million dollar games you know what I mean I, I think something like um Ghostwire Tokyo. Yeah, that was also, you know, a pretty big game as well. But it was it was smaller, right? I, I it it comes from it's published by Bethesda, so like I guess. But you know, you've got someone like Shinji Mikami sort of helming it. And and he wasn't even the director. It was um what's her name? The the spooky lady, E3 lady. Uh, I I think that like what I, I guess what I'm trying to say is I feel that oftentimes the game awards is it is essentially just for the biggest releases of the year and it very rarely in my opinion is able to take a step back and say like oh let's take a look at what happened outside of these huge major releases you know what i'm saying um i pulled up uh metacritic um mm-hmm. just to like see like what some of their uh top games are oh hold uh, on hold on hold on metacritic <laughs> It can be used for comedy, too. <laughs> um, so the highest scoring game of this year uh, is uh, Portal Compa- Companion Collection, if you can believe it, at 96. I can. I can. <laughs> and, and then tied with Good that shit. is Elden Ring, um, mm. Persona 5 Royal, mm. um, God of War Ragnarok, mm-hmm. uh, the Stanley Parable Ultra Deluxe, mm-hmm. Cuphead the Delicious Last Course, Rogue Legacy 2, Mm-hmm. Um, Neon White. Yeah. The Legend of Heroes Trials from Zero. The Death Loop release on Xbox Series X. Yeah. Um, Norco, Xenoblade Chronicles. Um, the reason I bring that, that list up is because it's not like these games aren't like the highest reviewed games of the year. Yeah, it, that is true. Um, and like, I mean, it, there, there are like certain things like, you know, you can make an argument for why, why isn't Rogue Legacy 2 represented on this list better? Um, other high scoring games, uh, Tunic was a high scoring game of this year and stuff like that. But I think there are still, still issues with those games. Um, but I do think when we're thinking about review scores, I think so many of these games that review well are the ones that have more money. Cause guess what? When you got more money, you can spend that money on making the game extraordinary. Um, yeah. And I, I think it's it's 
it's one of those things where video games are so expensive. And unlike when you're looking at a little indie film that can somehow make its way from a low budget to being an Oscar winning film. When you're having a video game, it's much harder to get from that little indie darling to a best film because, or a game of the year, just because you need that money to make that game and make those choices and do that kind of stuff. So Mm -hmm. I, I see what you're saying, and I agree that, like, to, to me, a lot of those games on that list are just kind of like, it's the same for all these categories, right? If we're going to have one of these games pick up most of them, if not all of them. Um, and uh, I don't know, it's still it's still representative of the top scoring games of this year. Sure, and that, and that is fair, right? And I think that there is um, value in that, and it is warranted. Um, real quick, also, they added a new category this year. Do you see this? No, what is it? Best adaptation. Um, and so this is for adaptation. This is, you're laughing a little bit. This is real. It's for the best adaptations of games uh, uh, into like other media. So basically just like movies and TV shows. So we got Arcane for League of Legends, Cyberpunk Edge Runners, uh, The Cuphead Show, Sonic the Hedgehog 2, and Uncharted the movie, um, which I thought is an interesting category um, because. I mean, how much do these studios like actually have to do with those things? You know what I mean? Like, it's just it's an interesting, an interesting new category that I'll un- be interested un- to see un- how it. Uncharted came out this out. year. <laughs> I forgot it about that. Yeah, February. Like, it seems huh? like it came out like three years ago. Yeah, oh it was my February. God. Um, yeah, that's that's interesting. I think it just goes to show you that you know video games are becoming more than just video games. It's coming. They're becoming major potential multi-million dollar properties outside of just what they do for for selling things so yeah yeah so there you go uh just let's talk about the top 10 best-selling video games in both retail and digital um from october as well as through us for all of 2022 as of what is this q the end of q3 uh so this is by npd these this group does a lot of um uh, looking at at sales numbers and things like that. Where is this based out of? Is this UK or is this worldwide? Uh, you're, worldwide asking, right? you're asking the right questions. Um, I'm looking at the bottom here. It says terms of use. Do not sell my personal information and cookie settings. But if you go to about you, uh, it is just global market. Yep. So there you go. Let's talk about these uh, two lists. So this is for just October. Um, number one best-selling game is Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. I think that makes sense. It is a, uh, there are three things that you can count on in life. Death, death, taxes, and the new Call of Duty game selling pretty well. Um, then number two, you have Gotham Knights, which I thought was uh, pretty high for a game that didn't score particularly well, uh, or like review particularly well, or even like look that great before it came out. Uh, I don't think it's like a terrible game by any means. Like, I think it is something that, as I've said before, Batman fans will get something out of. But I thought that it being number two in terms of best selling for the month was a little um, noteworthy. Uh, so up next, we got Batman. number. Th- uh, that is true. They're, Batman it sells well. People love Batman. That is undeniable. Uh, speaking of which, hey, very sad about Kevin Conroy, huh? Yeah, that is that is super sad. He died super young, too. I mean, 66. Yeah, yeah. But. Anyway, um, number three on here is FIFA 23. You've got number four, Madden NFL 23. Number five, NHL 23. That's a new game this month, though. Uh, number six, Mario plus Rabbids Sparks of Hope. Number seven, Persona 5. I'm going to assume that's Persona 5 Royal because 
those re-releases came out, you know, or I guess those like ports came out because I would be surprised if base version Persona 5 was charting uh, <laughs> better than Persona 5 Royal was, but rank last month 291. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's quite That's a awesome. jump. <laughs> yeah. Uh then up next at number 8, we've got NBA 2K23, number 9, Bayonetta 3, number 10, Elden Ring. It's surprising, not surprising, but it is um Elden Ring still sound pretty well, huh? I mean, yeah. Well, six if, months, seven months after its release. If you scroll down to the uh, top-selling video games of the year, this is Elden, interesting. Elden Ring. Elden Ring's number one. It will be surpassed very shortly. Yes. By, by Call of Duty friend, Modern Warfare 2. Yeah, right. Um, Already but, at the number two slot, which <laughs> says something. <laughs> wow. Um, you said they made, what, like $1 billion in four days or something like that? Jesus, that is insane. I, don't quote me on that. That might be incorrect, but... I've quoted you. It's on the record. Ah, shit. Let the record show. I should have thought of that. I should have thought of that before I said it. Yeah. Well, that's the internet. We don't think. I guess not. Number three, uh, Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker saga. I forgot that that also came out this this year. Um, That's surprising a little bit to me. Wouldn't you say so? I think it shows you just the 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 reach of Star Wars in general and like those Lego games. And I think as far as Lego games go, that was a good Lego game. Um, yes, and I, and yes. I think I think even just calling it a Lego game is reductive to what it is. Um, so I think it's a good game. Agreed. Uh, number four for the best of the year uh, is Madden NFL 23. Number five, Pokemon Legends Arceus. People love Pokemon, man. I'm cur- I'll be curious to see how Arceus compares to a real mainline game like Scarlet and Violet. Um, but people love people love Pokemon. I love number Pokemon. six here is I like how this is written Horizon 2 Forbidden West, Ooh. Um, which is kind of how it's written on the uh, on the box. If you if you look at it, is that shocking to you? I'm I'm a little shocked by that. What? That it's the the sixth best selling game of the year. Um, I guess so. And like, I guess. Yeah. But I guess I'm thinking of like Sony games sell well, right? Like the first party oh, yeah, Sony games absolutely, always absolutely. sell well. And so in terms of like competition for that, there's nothing. There's Last of Us Part 1, but I do not anticipate that that sold that well because it's a remake of a game that people, you know, have played pretty recently and I is mean, pretty accessible to people. How, how many podcasts were dedicated to? Should you buy this? <laughs> <laughs> exactly, right. Um, so, yeah, so I, I, while it is surprising, I think that Horizon as that game in particular so has is number six in the, of the year. Like, I guess it's, it sort of feels like, well, something from Sony had to have been, although uh, I will get to that in a second here at the bottom. What's that? Uh, I was going to say, uh, also RCS, the uh, sales for that do not include digital sales. Yeah. That's kind of whack, isn't it? Like that's so, like actually, whoa. <laughs> whoa. <laughs> and when, cause you're thinking just like who buys digital or who buys yeah. physical other than me. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I was counted in that. Um, in that census number seven on here is mlb the show 22 uh number eight is fifa 23 number nine call of duty vanguard again fuck something some things are certain in life (laughs) call of duty's gonna sell well and number 10 is gran turismo 7 that that surprises me more than horizon yeah yeah because I think more people are likely to buy uh horizon than they are to buy gran turismo but that's just I mean, clearly, I'm looking at the hard data to support that fact, but um, perhaps it's not as people are not that much more likely than I might have initially thought. 
I won't buy that game. I don't care what how much money you give me. <laughs> no, I'm okay. That's that's just fine. <laughs> um, so uh, speaking of of game sales, uh, a Twitter account called Game Data Library, which is um, the largest collection of Japanese games sales data on the internet, which um, it's a Twitter account, um, revealed that Animal Crossing New Horizon New Horizons is Japan's all time best selling video game. What um, in terms of sales? If are you interested in this? I'll, I'll just like read the top twenty in Japan. Like I think yeah, this is oh, really yeah. interesting. I, mean, I think this is great. Yeah, do it. Um, because I, I think these sorts of numbers are always very interesting, especially like what does well in certain regions and whatnot. Um, and so this is like of all time. So the, <laughs> I mean, like the second game on here is from nineteen ninety six. That's a good, that's so a you, good fucking year. Oh my god, I can't wait to talk I about this. Was, not alive. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. Um, I was I was close to making my debut. Um, <laughs> but so you got Animal Crossing, uh, Animal Crossing New Horizons, which has sold uh, just shy of ten and a half million units. Uh, that's wild. That nuts. is yeah, nuts. Uh, number two, Pokemon Red, Green, and Blue um, at over 10 million uh i'm not gonna read the, the numbers for the rest of these um they go down as we go further um, <laughs> as numbers but, yeah, i mean think about it like something something dethroned pokemon red green and blue you know it's it's been a a you know 24 25 year like record and then now animal crossing new horizons comes and beats it that's wild right that's a little wild yeah Man, that oh my God, I always go back to as as good as my memories are of Animal Crossing. The thought of like the tedium of putting that out and like cleaning up all the the cockroaches and everything just is not. Yeah, I can't. Yeah. I don't think I'll ever go back to that game. <laughs> I think I won't because I think of what that game was. I think that is a time capsule of some very crazy emotions and very wild feelings. Um, but I I think that's the best in the series. Mm. It has some of the best elements in the series. <coughs> I would, yeah, yeah. I would say New Leaf is actually pretty excellent. But um, so number two is Pokemon Red, Green, and Blue. Number three is Pokemon Gold and Silver. Number four um, is Super Smash Bros. The original, no Super Mario Bros. <laughs> oh, see, I'm so sorry, Super Mario Bros. Yeah, for from 1985. So like the the top three, the top three, yeah, was. Pokemon, Pokemon, Super Mario Bros. For more than 20 years. Almost, that's, yeah, more than 30 years, Mario Bros. was on there, right? Like, Yeah, that's nuts. That is nuts. Uh, so then on the Switch, you got Super Smash Bros. Ultimate at number five. Woo! Number six, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. No surprise Woo! there. Those two are high up there. Um, number seven for the... Uh, uh, you got new Super Mario Bros. on the DS, which I thought, I think... I didn't realize that was that popular. I guess it might it might be one of those things where it wasn't that popular here, but in Japan it was. Huge, oh yeah, but probably with like the DS and everything, like how big portable gaming is in Japan. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, number eight, you got Animal Crossing: New Leaf on the 3DS. See there, there it is. But again, like that thing sold just like a little bit less, a little bit more than half of what Animal Crossing: uh, New Horizons sold. That's um, insane. Yeah. So under that, number nine, Pokemon Sword and Shield. Get ready for the Pokemon block here. <laughs> so Pokemon Pokemon Sword and Shield, number nine. Pokemon Diamond and Pearl, number 10. Uh, that's the original one for the DS. Um, 
Number 11, Pokemon Black and White, uh, also on the DS. Number 12 for the Game Boy Advanced, uh, Pokemon Ruby and Sapphire. <laughs> so that's, you know. That's a lot, man. That's... Four or five in a row that's just Pokemon, 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 Pokemon. Um, then you got Animal Crossing Wild World at number 13. Monster Hunter Freedom 3 for the PSP uh, at number 14. This is one of the two games on this list, by the way, that isn't a Pokemon game or a Nintendo game. Um, Monster Hunter Freedom oh, that 3. Is never fa- heard of this that is fascinating. Yeah, I want to talk about that in a second. Uh, number 15 is Splatoon 2. <laughs> number uh, 16 is Brain Age 2. More training in a minute, in minutes a day. Number th- 17 is Splatoon 3, which I imagine as it continues to sell, it will surpass Splatoon 2. Uh, just oh, based could, on the fact it that it's 100 easily off, probably get into the top seven. It looks like. Agreed. And then I think I think it, you begin to hit a wall once it just like gets up there and up there. Um, but yeah, and then number 18, New Super Mario Bros. Wii. Number 19, Pokemon X and Y. Number 20, Dragon Quest 9, Sentinels of the Starry Skies. So yeah, it is Dragon Quest 9 and Monster Hunter Freedom 3 that are not Nintendo or Pokemon. And I guess Pokemon does have that overlap with Nintendo a little bit. But holy shit, they are raking in money. I know, Jesus. Holy shit, that is so much money. Um, and for a long time too, right? It's not just it's not just recently since nineteen ninety since nineteen eighty five. They have been just selling so so much, um, so many copies of games. Interestingly enough, um, what is the one Pokemon, or I guess the Pokemon pairing that isn't on this list? It's the uh, Alolan versions. The um, yeah, Sun and Moon. Sun and Moon. Yeah. I wonder why that is. I wonder. Um, probably came out near the end of the cycle, um, cycle. of the console. Oh yeah, I guess 3DS. it did. Was that, was that a 3DS yeah. or a DS game? It was a 3DS game. So yeah, and it I came think, out in 20, 2016. And it came yeah. out like with the the, the 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 second ones, right? There was the uh, Sun and Moon and Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon, and I think that probably like they came out so close to each other. And I know they did that too with like uh, the was it Black and White, Black Two, Black and White, and white two. got sequels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So those technically are also those are different games. So I guess technically both of those aren't on there. But yeah, um, and then the Let's Go games aren't on here either. But I I don't know if those are count as like mainline titles. God, those are fun games. I gotta go back to that. Beat it. Yeah, I thought, I thought that that's kind of fun. fun. But um, quick, quick, quick hits. Hey, by the way, can I tell you something? Please like tell I, me anything, Justin. Uh, speaking of Pokemon, did you see about that Ash Ketchum kid? Did you see what he did over the over this the weekend? This Ash Ketchum kid. All right, oh this Ash Ketchum God. kid. You know what? I've I've known about this kid for a long time. Oh, right? few, like and, twenty-five and years. The haters, you know, the, the non-believers out there. They were saying he'd never do it. Yeah, he could but not us be believers, the very best. Us believers knew that one day he'd be the very best. Did you? Us did, believers looked back at all of those years of him f- fucking catching a crabby, having it get teleported to his box and being like, "I don't. Where did the crabby go?" And then like his fucking phone rings and this professor's like, "You sent me a crabby, right?" <laughs> he, he, he catches he catches the muck, right? He sends it back to the professor, fucking chewing up everything, getting shit on all this all this <laughs> all his beakers and and Bunsen burners and whatever the fuck Professor Oak's doing. Right. Like we were there. We remember those days. Him him losing at the Indigo League and the oh, Indigo Plateau. So rough. So rough. Because Charizard wouldn't listen didn't to him. Listen. He didn't have enough badges. Ugh. We were we were there. Hearts broken. Destroyed. But we knew. We, we knew, knew he could time. do it. Um Did you watch the episode? Oh my god, dude. Like, it was awesome. 
Like, oh, is it good? I've not watched it. Oh, it is so awesome. From the animation to the hype levels of it, like it is beautifully done. Uh, to the point where literally there's a, a Pikachu Charizard go Super Saiyan on each other as they play like a, a theme song. The only thing that would have made that better is if they played that theme song. Like the original then, one? I want to be in that Pikachu like starts going off like that. Yeah. Like, oh my God, like I would have died. But they like, they're, what they do with that episode, man, it is like, I you meet like... He's literally in the championship here, man. I'm going to spoil this, so fucking watch it if you want to, but I'm about to I'm, spoil I'm going to watch it. Wait, wait, where did you watch this? Was this, this on YouTube. Like- yeah, I literally okay. watched it. So I watched it, like, the they announced it, like, came out overnight. I forget what day it was. And, like, mm-hmm. I, like, woke up, and I was like, he won? I saw it over Twitter. And then, like, I, like, watched this, like, version, like, this, like, like shaky cam version of it, not even in English. And let me tell you, <laughs> I didn't even need that English. No subtitles. I need any of that stuff. And then, like, once they put the subtitles in and watched it, I watched it. It's all over YouTube. You'll find it. And then, like, then I was watching, like, all these, like, fans reacting to it. And it is just so awesome and like what they do to the fans like us and i really haven't watched pokemon since i was a child right yeah but like how they do all the callbacks every character every pokemon everything the way they like go through the timeline and it's not as simple as just like oh they win in it it is just amazingly done they have a commercial break peter that they're, they're the super saiyans are fighting each other commercial break and they come back and they're in a poke center pikachu's in the poke center and then Ash is over him, Pikachu, are you okay? Pikachu's like, pee, pee. And he's like, do you remember what happened? And they cut back to the fight and they go like oh to the end of the gosh. fight. And I'm like, no. <laughs> like if I was like watching this, like this would have been like the Super Bowl of Pokemon, Peter, the Super Bowl of Pokemon. And it do is you, just like, yeah. oh man, it's so good. It's animated so well. And oh. Do you think that they like, that they were right in the season, you know, like beforehand and they're like, what if we just fucking made him win? <laughs> I, like, I, like, what if we just, what if we did it? What if we just made him win? Because, like, for me, like, series is over, right? Like, it's obviously not. They're, they're never going to put the brakes on the Pokemon train. But, like, narratively, like, do you retire Ash? Do you come up with a new character? No, I feel no, like they, you can't because he's iconic. I right? think he'll like, still be there, but maybe, just maybe, he'll turn 11. After unlikely. 25 years, this 10-year-old boy has turned and then the 11. Next episode, the next episode is his birthday party. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Justin, let's real quick talk about uh, the Switch and that Shigeru Miyamoto, Mario's dad himself, um, basically, he, he said that... Uh, who did he say this to? Um, oh, in a... Sorry, let me, let me just read you a little clip from this. This is in an article titled, Miyamoto acknowledges it's easier than ever... To offer backward compatibility. This is on VGC by Chris Scalian. Um, Nintendo director Shigeru Miyamoto has acknowledged it's easier than ever to offer backwards compatibility, but offered a non-committal response when asked about plans for the next Nintendo console. As a part of a Q&A session following the publication of its latest financial results, Nintendo execs were asked what discussions were being held internally about offering backwards compatibility on new hardware. While Miyamoto did not specifically state which direction future Nintendo consoles would take, he did state that he believes backwards compatibility is easier to implement in a modern era era than it was in the past. Um, what do you think about that? That he that they think that backwards compatibility is pretty easy. And I think, like, I don't know, I'm not a game dev, so it's hard for me to say. It seems like it would be, right? Like, because you've got virtual consoles and stuff like that that don't require cartridges. And the fact that, you know, you can't put an N64 cartridge in a, 
you know, in an NES or a Super Nintendo. Like, it just doesn't work like that. Whereas with this, now you can you can run emulations of consoles on the Switch. And they do for, you know, the Nintendo Switch Online stuff. What do you think about them acknowledging that and yet still offering some pretty, pretty poor uh, backwards compatibility options? I mean, it... It's always interesting with Nintendo because of how different all their consoles are from each other um, mm-hmm. and like how you, it's not as simple. Like I can't pl- you can't just port a 3DS game to the switch and assume it works the same way. That's not as simple as like backwards compatibility solving all that. Even for the switch, um, the next system that comes out, you can't simply backwards compat your Switch games, because if there's Joy-Con specific actions that you have to do with that, how are you going to play it? I mean, even think about like when you were trying out your PlayStation Backbone, you were pl- trying to play Returnal, right, with yes. it, and it like doesn't have like the the Dual Sense triggers on it. There are certain features and things that when you come up with these new systems that they're not going to take advantage of. And I think one of the things we just saw with looking at Nintendo's best selling games, there are Nintendo first party games that tend to be the best selling Switch games or Pokemon games, um, and. Nintendo will cater towards the new system. They will put the features in that they want to put into there and they will focus more on their things rather than what other developers are doing. And they will use the joy cons or they will use the Wiimote and they will do stuff. And um, I think Nintendo does usually do a pretty good job of taking advantage of their system. So yes, I'm sure they can do it to a point, but with how different Nintendo hardware is, I think that kind of changes this from it just being a simple, we can port them to, is that what they're trying to do? I don't think so. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. I think it's a little frustrating to be honest, to have them be like, yeah, it's really easy. And it's like, well, why you'd be printing more money. If you did this, you would, you would make so much money if you did this. And yes, you, you do bring up a good point, right? Of the hardware and stuff. But what I think is, is so frustrating is that like, yeah, like the Wii, uh, the Wii remote is different than the Joy-Con controllers, right? In terms of like what it looks like, but in terms of functionality, those Joy-Cons are basically just little Wii remotes, you know, in, in terms of their motion sensing abilities, in terms of like the buttons on them and a lot of the button placement, like, I understand that like porting like DS games, let's say to the uh, uh, switch is something of a challenge, right? Like, what do you do about those two screens? That hardware was so unique that putting anything on there, like you're going to have to either like get rid of stuff or or take a look at like what games can feasibly like you have to just understand that not every DS game is going to be able to make it right. Um, But yeah, I don't know. I I find it just a little frustrating when there are so many classic games that people would just love remastered versions of, or just like the ability to play in a way that Nintendo is comfortable with because they're so, you know, have such a hard stance against things like emulation and whatnot. But I would say that, um, the joy con to Wiimote is probably not as easy as it just being like the same functionality. And the, the thing to connect that to would be a PSVR because let me mm, tell you, sure. if it was Sony would have PSVR to be backwards compatible. Like that is something that That's I true. believe That's is true. going to 100% kill PSVR two. is that you're not going to incentivize the people who have been fans to go out and continue doing that because the, the system is so expensive. You don't have new, the games you already have on it. So I think that stuff will be problematic to it. And it's not just Nintendo doing that. I agree that they do resell their old games over and over again. But you look at even like 
the Pokemon games that they redo on uh, that they've redone uh, the Pokemon uh, Diamond and Pearl, Shining Diamond, whatever Pearl, uh, how they redid those to a completely new uh, and creative way of doing it rather than just like copy and pasting the old ones. And I know mm-hmm. that there's that like idea of nostalgia, but it does seem like with the exception of Xbox, uh, this is what vi- like the, these companies are doing because people still buy this stuff. And yeah. it's, and and I know video games are expensive, and I know that that's something that is like having to buy the same game multiple times. I get that, um, but I just think in terms of people will buy this stuff still, and if they didn't buy it, like, and all that research about Microsoft looking at backwards compatibility and not that many people using it, like, yeah, does it does it benefit them to do that, or does it benefit them to? Um, try to make the older games different and better and find a way to re-release those and repackage them. Uh, I don't know. I personally much rather liked playing Xenoblade Chronicles 1 on the Switch than I did when I played it again. And if I would have to ever play that game, I can't go back and play the original Xenoblade again. I don't think it's a better game. I think the new one's better. I think that's the definitive way to play it. Um, And they probably would have been less likely to do that if backwards compatibility was what the standard was. So I don't know. I definitely think it's like, Nintendo is cheap as hell with this stuff and they do like they do really take a hard stance on emulation when half of their stuff is emulation that they release on their on their uh, eShop and stuff but I get it from a business perspective and yes. I get it from an actual people don't use it perspective as well. Yeah, that that's super fair. That's super fair. Uh and I also don't mean to imply to make it sound like oh it's just so easy just just no, you didn't imply new... that, Peter. Miyamoto himself, Mario's dad, <laughs> yes, said it he was so impl- easy. He did so explicitly I, say, like, yes, this is super easy. <laughs> that is actually a very fair point. Uh, so thanks. Thanks for that defense there. Um, yeah, yeah. So so uh, <laughs> I, I don't think anything will come of this. I think it was just him saying it and whatever. But there you go. Uh, Justin Remedy Entertainment. We're big fans of Remedy for Alan Wake specifically and nothing else i'm kidding obviously we like um control quite a bit on this podcast Uh, i know you're a big fan of uh quantum break i thought it was fine um but still uh, not a bad time did we have that discussion do we have that discussion ever you think quantum break is better than alan lake i know yeah do we okay no we we definitely have okay guys um and i don't like like i get it like i don't i don't agree but i do understand you know Mm -hmm. what i mean Mm -hmm. um so yeah, so Remedy just sort of out of the blue tweeted out like tweeted out a, a post on on the Remedy blog um, saying, "Hey, we're doing Remi- uh, we're doing Control Two. Remedy. So basically, the headline for their blog post is just Remedy Entertainment signs a co-development and co-publishing agreement with Five Hundred Five Games for Control Two. Um, I think that makes sense. Five Hundred Five Games helped them publish the first Control. I think Five Hundred Five also helped with. I, I don't know if it was the development or the publishing of um, Death Stranding as well. Like Five Hundred Five is not a um, not an unknown entity here. Um, but so just first of all, the announcement that like, hey, Control Two, like we've they've sort of like teased it in in like mentioning they've mentioned things like, hey, we're working on multiple Control projects in the past, but now there's like the first like I think official confirmation of like we are getting Control Two. Um, and that has been co-developed and co-published by 505 Games. That Control 2 was previously known as pro- uh, Codename Heron, which I think is a great name um, for a project name. I don't know. I think that's kind of fun. <laughs> um, and that it is, yeah, it's just like straight up a sequel to Control. Uh, and it's being developed for the PC, PlayStation 5, and Xbox Series X and S, and Switch. 
Um, I made that up. Cloud it's version. Well, they might have the cloud version, but <laughs> oh, like that's actually host. a fair point. That's actually yeah. a fair point. Um, I was just trying to see who who I could get a spit take out of from our <laughs> listenership. <laughs> um, if if I got you with a spit take, send me a picture on Twitter at HitboxPod. Always be plugging. Um, yeah, so th- so that's kind of it. They they also end this little post by saying that this agreement does not impact uh, have any impact on Remedy's outlook for 2022. I think that's like implying a reference to like, hey, this will not you know the development of Control Two or whatever else is not going to impact. Um, uh, 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 what's it called? Alan Wake Two. And then in addition to this, at the very bottom of this post, um, there is just a link to a JPEG image of some Control concept art for Control Two. Um, and it's kind of interesting because the little sleuth in me here, um, sees that we are looking outside the front doors of the FBC. You can see the the sliding doors are open. You've got the FBC logo on the sliding doors that are open. And then you are looking outside. Like this is just straight up the street out front. You've got a bunch of weird ass shit happening in front. You've got like bodies that are like, look look like they're they're like tethered to the ground but they're floating up and then behind them is a big tarp um, that says fbc contained area so i'm curious um what is going to happen in terms of like are things going to be leaking out of the fbc and into the world at large but i'm just i'm just so excited about this game i think this game was um a better console away from being pristine um, I think there was some like technical issues with it a little bit. Um, Agreed. But even if released on the PS4, uh, PS5 and Xbox Series X, it would be one of those games that like people would not stop talking about. Oh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. It was like a launch title. Like, oh, I get God, that you yeah. want to have the game come out, but like, and holy it, shit. it just hit this level of weirdness that I think is like the perfect yes. culmination of Remedy and what they can be. Um, and yes. they like because I think while Alan Wake for me, they have the weirdness to it. They try to like, I don't know, ground it or something with it in a weird way like this one. They're just like, fuck it. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> this one. This it. one is like a full <laughs> plunge into that like that stuff. And, yeah. and I yeah, I get it. Yeah, it's great. I'm, I'm, I'm excited for this and uh, I cannot wait. And I think your sleuthing is fantastic because I was looking at that and just being like, oh, it's just a thing in the <laughs> downstairs. But like, oh, no, that's the front. They're outside. That's the sun. Oh, my God. That's crazy. What yeah. does that mean for the world? Yeah. Can you imagine so, if there's like a like a crazy like uh, what was the name of the bad guys in it or the the things in it? Hiss. The hiss. The hiss. What if the hiss like like start taking over bears and stuff like that? You got a hiss bear that attacks you. That's awesome. That's I know. Awesome. Just saying. I'll be so curious to see like how it ties into Alan Wake too, as well, if yeah. at all. I mean, like I'm sure it will, but like I'm curious like what specifically that means. But so there you go. Control Two is coming, and they did not really give us a timeline on any of that. But all right. So hey, that's our show. Uh, thanks so much for tuning in, Justin. I would ask if you've been playing anything other than God of War. I know you haven't though. I can no, I see it on the show notes. Little and frowny we've face. We're little friends. Frowny face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've been playing Nier Automata on the Switch still. So. Um, I'm almost to the end of the 2B section, and I know you're thinking, like, you've been doing that for a long time. Yeah, I've been taking my time with it. <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, there's um, a, nothing else to play out there, too, right? Nope. 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 I might I might just might buy Pokemon and, like, have that be my Switch game that I play instead of this game. And it's not that I don't like Nier Automata. I fucking love it. But, like, it's taking me a while to get through. It's like, if I could do all that again as 9S, and then everything beyond, like, We'll see. We'll see. But I also could just mainline it. It's uh, it's not important. What I'm trying to say is thanks for listening. We appreciate you. Head on over to patreon.com slash hitboxpod. 
go ahead and become a patron like uh, Dave Parker, like Jane Noll. If not, that's fine. You know where to find us. Discord, link, description, Twitter, at HitboxPod. Follow, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, rate five stars. Justin, you have anything to add? <laughs> so there's this one really great part of the Pokemon fight when there's this move that like Charizard does and then like Pikachu does to like protect himself one time and they do it again, except Pikachu wasn't fast enough. So he just blasted in the face with a fire blast, right? So then like, <laughs> like Pikachu's standing there like a little like like injured puppy, and it's like you just hear like breathing like <sighs> <gasps> everyone's like on their breath like is he gonna pass out is he gonna fall is he gonna fall and then he falls and you're like oh, oh no oh no oh no and man like that part it just hits you in all the feels and you think oh my god it's so good man it is so good i will try and watch it before before <laughs> before next I week so we just tell you literally it by play by play <laughs> yes 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 <laughs> thanks so much for listening we will catch you next week always remember old games are old bye